Hey everyone, I'm Nick Bogues, self-made small business success story. I went from working five jobs and over 90 hours a week to building a multi-million dollar, internationally known pizza enterprise. I never stop, I won't fail. There's power in the pen, today there's power in the mic. Welcome to the Business Equation Podcast. Together today we'll solve the equation for, you actually hired someone, now what? We're in this economy where everything seems to be much better and hiring has really become a big problem. I've talked a lot in the other episodes here about, you know, when you get an employee to actually take care of them and keep them and retain them, almost being more important than hiring. But the question still becomes in any industry, you know, how do you hire? When do you hire? And what do you do once you do hire somebody? So to get into those topics, how do you hire? Where do you look? I, fi- I find in my industry that still a lot of people try the, the paid places like Indeed or Craigslist. Maybe they rely on uh, Monster, but really I think the number one out there I would say is probably Indeed. I still use a lot of Craigslist personally. You may think that a lot of people don't, but the reason that I like it is because a lot of people don't, and you become a bigger fish in a small pond. Some of the things I've noticed with hiring and placing ads is you have to place more than one ad. You may take the position and put it out there and pay the whatever it is, uh, $10 a day or $35 for one ad, and then rewrite it and word it different and title it different, and you could put it out there in the same area. So, for example, if I'm spending $30 a day on Indeed, I may do three ads that are all for the same position but all worded different and even maybe call the position something different so it has a different title. And then what I'll do is I'll put $10 a day. So I'm still spending the same $30, but I have three different ads out there. You'd be surprised at what that actually does and how you get different people that reply to your ads. So that's uh, one way that I would use to, to hire. The other thing that I try to do is I try to tap into the employees that work for me. I offer different incentives to them. Maybe it'll be $100 or I've already done $200. Maybe you're a big, bigger business. It's worth more to you. You can, you can even offer more. But when I think of how much I spend on an ad, you know, if we're talking about thirty dollars a day, that's three days worth of ads, and maybe I hire somebody out of those those ads. But when you can get somebody who says, "Hey, I'll give you a, give any employee that works for me a hundred dollars if they bring somebody in for the next sixty days, and then they last for ninety days, and then they'll get a hundred dollar bonus." We've done um we've done that a great deal and it works really well. Usually you'll get, you know, brother, sister, boyfriend, girlfriend, neighbor. They bring in somebody that especially if you already like that employee, they bring in somebody that they like. So it's you know, if they're hanging out with them, it's probably somebody of the same caliber or at least they're a good person. Usually you get another good person. So that's a that's a way we do a lot of our hiring too. And then I think, you know, when we talk about retaining them, I've gotten into a lot of different things that we do with parties and employee of the months and um, done a really good job of retaining employees. We definitely have focused on that. But the title of today's show being that, you know, you hired somebody, now what? And I think that's that's really where I want to dig in because I think a lot of times what happens is you do, you know, all those things I just talked about, you know, you have your own system that works. I gave you a couple of in- insights into my system. You get somebody hired and, you know, you may have a great retention program already set up that you feel pretty comfortable that, you know, once they're there for 90 days or six months, like 
the guy likes you and the chances of once they're there for 90 days or six months, the chances go up that they'll stay for a year or two or even longer. The longer they stay, it may turn into a, a longer tenure. When you lose a guy, it's usually in those first 90 days. You hire somebody, work two shifts, never show up again. Work one shift, never show up again. Or maybe they work great for three weeks, then they never show up again. Now, there definitely is some on the guy, you know, on the candidate that you hired. Maybe it's just um, their mentality or work ethic or you look at their resume and they've jumped around from job to job to job and that's just who they are. There's definitely some of that for sure. That That's out there. You know, a lot of people talk about the generation of workforce and everything like that and, you know, this generation versus that generation. But if you're really being honest with yourself, our parents said that same thing about about us and our generation, generations before me or after me. You know, the, the older generations always say that about the younger generation. So, you know, to sit here and pick on millennials and how they work and don't work, like, I don't know, everybody always always says that about the generation below them. And, you know, I'm not saying that I don't feel that way either. I'm just saying that it's just the reality that people always say that. So it's like, what do you do now to make sure that, that they do stay? And we talk a lot about retention programs, but, um, but what I'm talking about today is how do you get them past 90 days? So the onboarding is very, very important. If you don't have a system of how you onboard your employees down to the T, there's a, a fault in your system right there. A lot of times when somebody gets hired, they'll bring them in, show them around. Everybody uh, kind of is on, you know, kind of like a behavior where they're showing off a little bit because it's a new guy. And and then uh, probably take that guy and you throw him with a, a guy who's been there for a while. Hey, this is Jack over there. He's going to show you everything. Go work with him. And that's the onboarding process. But, you know, that's that's just terrible because you don't know what Jack's mood is that day. You know, he's been there so long that you're sure he's great at his job, but he probably doesn't want to train anybody. He probably doesn't want to show him how to do anything. And you want to make sure that your onboarding program is, is to the T. You know, things like when somebody comes in, hopefully in the interview, you already explain what the uniform is and what the job duties are. So now when they get into the position, into the company, your first day should really be, they're next to you. They're next to somebody who has a very good impression of the company, somebody who's not going to bash it, who's not going to give put out wrong thoughts or give them negative energy or be talking about the other people who work there. You want to put them with somebody that can definitely put your best foot forward for your company. So it's either you or somebody that you really trust. And then from there, you would hope that what they do is they show them the simple things. Things that you would maybe never think about. This is where the bathroom is. This is where the break room is. This is where the schedule goes. This is so-and-so. You start introducing them to everybody. You introduce them to the other managers and the other positions. You give them a tour of your whole whole store, your whole factory, your whole facility. Show them around. Let them, let them feel comfortable. This is where you're going to, this is the locker room where you put your jacket and your coat. And here's your combination. You give them everything that, that they may need to do their job that first day. If there's any tools or any extras or here's your apron or whatever it may be, that's really what the first day is. You want them to feel comfortable. And the hardest part I think about the onboarding program is when do you start a new employee? You know, do you start them at your normal shift? Maybe it's four to close or maybe your normal shift is nine o'clock to five o'clock. You know, when, when do you start that person? You know, to do all the things I'm talking about, if you start somebody in the very busy times of your business, 
more than likely you can't take the time to show them the bathroom and give them a tour of the store and, and show them around everything. Just because the, the fact is it's during peak time. So you want to make time for it when you schedule it. So before you even schedule somebody to start, you want to make sure you start them at a time when you can have the time to do those things to make them feel comfortable. Overwhelming somebody can really get them scared off right away. So that's why their first day should be a really comfortable day. And, you know, it's a good day to, to test the product, too. If you're a, a restaurant or if you're somewhere where um, maybe you make a product that you can have them test it and use it, like that's a good first day where it's like, hey, we're going to make this and you're going to try it out and here we're going to let you use the product or see how it's see how it is in the field. Or maybe you have a favorite client that, that you take them on a ride along and, and show them your favorite client for the day and you know, it's always a great visit. So, the, you know, you want to show them that first day that's just really enjoyable. And that that's the onboarding process. You want to make sure you make time for it. If you're having so much success hiring that you're hiring in, in droves and you're hiring two and three people at a time, there's nothing wrong with bringing people in in groups and then putting them through the same onboarding process together. A lot of times what will happen, too, is they'll make a bond with the person that they're getting hired with and it'll last for a very long time. You know, I think we've gotten away from hiring in droves just because it's so hard to hire anymore. But I do remember a time when we'd hire so many people at a, at a time that we would have to start two, three, four people at a time and take them through and give them the whole tour. And it was it felt a lot better than giving that same tour four times. But at the same same point, if you have to do it uh, four times, you have to you have to do it four times. Just take your time and spend that amount of time with the person when they're first coming in. Then the next part of it would be once you've got them onboarded and they feel comfortable and you feel comfortable with them and, you know, ask them questions and listen to them and, and try and get their feelings of how their first day was. And don't be afraid to ask the question, did you have a great first day? Sure, yeah, what did you like? What didn't you like? Is there any reason you wouldn't come back tomorrow? You know, don't be afraid to ask those questions because there's been times when you ask that question, is there any reason you wouldn't come back tomorrow? And someone's been honest with me and, I talk them through why they weren't going to come back. And before you know it, they're there for three years. But if you wouldn't ask them that question on their first day, is there any reason why you wouldn't come back? You, you'd never know. You don't get a chance to talk them through those reasons why they may be feeling uncomfortable. When you get into the next part of the onboarding, get into the training and actually showing somebody how to do their job. And I think that's where a lot of times talking about how we just would put somebody with Jack and let them train them and not really put them through a proper training program, this is another way that you lose employees very quickly. You make them feel inadequate in the job that, that you give them to do. The way that I like to train, and I think a way that works really well, is acronym SAW. And it's show, assist, and watch. First, you show them exactly what you want them to do. You know, Step-by-step -step details down to exactly how you want them to do it. It doesn't matter what they're trying to do. If they're trying to, maybe they're bringing, you're bringing in product and you're checking it all in, or maybe you're doing inventory for the day. Whatever it is, the project that you want them to learn, you have to show them first and break it down. And don't underestimate the power of why. Explain why you're doing something. Take the time and explain why it's important that you put something in certain order. There's a reason that you do things the way you do them, and you want to make sure that you just take the time and explain those. If people understand why you do a certain thing, 
They'll be more likely to do it that way in the future because they understand why it has to be done that way. So show them. And then the next one will be assist them. So you you go ahead and you do the project with them the next time. You know, and, and explain it again. And explain things that you haven't explained yet. Answer any questions. Ask them if they have any questions. That's what's really important too. When you're not asking for feedback, you don't get a chance to teach and learn. So you have to ask for the feedback. And then the next part would be watch. Sit back, say, hey, I'm going to let you go ahead and um, check in all this inventory today, you know, which I showed you once. We did it together. Now it's your turn and you watch them. And then, you know, maybe you get into the point where I think where you could really lose employees too is you don't like how they did a certain thing. You think, boy, I showed you once. I helped you a second time and you're still doing it wrong. When you start to think things like that or you start to say, boy, does this guy even have a brain? Those can be really, really detrimental. Like you have to step back for a second. And I think the first person you should always blame is yourself. And you should say, okay, where was the breakdown on my part? You know, we showed this guy how to do it. I did it side by side, but he's still thinking that you should be do it, doing it this way. And you know, you don't want to degrade the guy and make him feel horrible. And I think that's, you know, a real easy thing to do when they do something mindless. But you can ask him like, hey... Is there a reason why you would do it this way over over the other way? And, you know, they could surprise you and have a, a good way, but it's probably, you know, maybe you just got to get back into the why of how you do things. Once you get back into the reason of why you do things, you may even think that, hey, I need to start over here. I got to show them again. We're going to do it together again and start over. But don't get frustrated. You know, have patience. Maybe you go off and do another task and then get back to that. And what can happen, too, is you may think that you hired somebody for a certain position or a certain function that you needed done, but the actuality is is the guy just doesn't really work that position very well. For whatever reason, reasons that you can't explain, he may just not be able to function at that capacity. You know, We've had a lot of guys that, that can't do one side of our business, but they're the best in another side of our business. So that's the other thing. Don't be afraid if you've hired somebody for something, not to try them in something else. Because we all know how hard it is to get employees. So before you cut ties and just tell the guy, you know what, you didn't know how to check inventory in, you're done, we can't use you here. Maybe he can do something else better. Maybe if he can't check in inventory, maybe he can be handling all the sales calls. Or maybe he can drum up all the leads for you. Maybe he has another strength that you're just not using. Don't be afraid to explore all those other options. You know, Explore all the options with an employee before you're ready to, to give up on them. It's really important that you find the right fit for that employee in your business. And it may not be what you were thinking it was going to be. Another thing that can really frustrate somebody when you bring them in new is giving them too much to do, too much re responsibility, too quick. And you have to make sure that what you're giving, it, giving them to do Beyond explaining why they do things a certain way, you want to explain why you're giving them certain things to do. And if all this sounds like I'm not there to babysit, why would I do all these functions? There's a reason why we're able to keep so many employees and staff all the locations we are. It's because we go the extra step with all these methods. We're in a people business. It doesn't matter if you're in the pizza business fast food business, in the landscaping business, roofing business, watchmaking business. You're in the people business. You're in the people business first. It's how you talk to people, treat people, make them feel. 
It's how you make them feel when, when they're not doing something right. It's how you make them feel when they feel unappreciated. It's real easy when somebody calls you from your place of employment or maybe they pull you aside and they tell you why they're frustrated with the job. And it's real easy to say, well, that's the job. That's the way it is. If you don't like it, there's the door. But, you know, listening is so important. And that's where when you have somebody new in those first 90 days, you've got to listen to them. You know, take the time to start this relationship because that's what it is. It's a relationship. You know, relationships have ups and downs. And when they realize that you care about them, they'll start to care about you. The other part that I think is really tough for employers is they always want to hire somebody and expect them to do the job the exact same way you would do it. I like to follow the 80-20 rule. And I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before too, but it's, it's true. Don't worry about hiring somebody to do exactly what you would do. It's never going to happen. It'll frustrate the hell out of you. You want to go ahead and hire somebody and then train them the best you can, onboard them, make them feel comfortable, and work on retaining them, and then get them to the point where they can do 80% of what you can do. That's a win. When you get them to that 80%, that's a win. Then you know what their weaknesses are after they've been there for a while, and you can hire somebody to assist them with their weaknesses or the next person you hire that's going to help them with their job, you want to make sure they have those strengths. But you want to make sure that you're not putting too much on somebody. You want to make sure that your expectations aren't unreal. And always coach them. Walk them through the, the whole way of how they're doing things. Talk to them every day in those first 90 days. Ask them how things are going. I think you've heard a lot in this podcast that there's a lot of feedback, a lot of talk, a lot of interaction with, with people. And when they do something really well, maybe... The guy who didn't check in the inventory the first six times right is now the best inventory taker there is after six weeks on the job. Celebrate it. Celebrate. Don't criticize. So with all that, what's important is if you can keep somebody within 90 days and get them past that hurdle, you're going to have an employee for a lot longer time. So the solution to today's equation is have an effective onboarding system. Show, assist, and watch. Feedback. Make sure you're asking for feedback from your new employee. The 80-20 rule. And coach, encourage, and celebrate, not criticize. This has been The Business Equation with Nick Bogaz. Give thanks, be humble, be grateful.